is up, you guys? How are we doing? Happy Tuesday. This is another episode of Perfection Unfolding with me, Kara G. How are we doing, guys? What the hell is up? I am personally exhausted. I'm not going to lie to you. Today was the first day back to like a full work day after Christmas break where all of the kids are at the camp and we're working and I'm walking across campus to each assignment, just kind of like huffing it, going up these giant hills, wearing my snow boots, walking over through the ice. And not to mention I'm 6,000 feet above sea level. So like oxygen is way thinner up here. So when I say huffing, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> like I had to like stop and take a break before I walked into the room to, to film and photograph because I didn't want the kids to think that I was a loser. um I'm exhausted um I'm asking myself how come I didn't record this uh the week over the weekend and my answer to that is because I took myself to the movies I took myself out to eat um I went on a little artist date by myself I got some time out of the house before it snowed again because when I tell you I've been in this house for four weeks like that is not an over exaggeration (laughs) that is not an exaggeration period um I got out of the house. So I let myself play a little bit of hooky from recording. And even though I told myself, I don't want to record on Monday nights because I'm sleepy during the week. But look at me now, recording on Monday night, doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, which leads me into uh, the topic of today's episode, which is none other than self-sabotage, right? But before we get into that, I don't really have any life updates other than I took myself on a date. Um, but I want to get into the gift of gratitude section, uh, just to start things off the right way, the way that I prefer, if you will. So if you're seated, you know, or if you're not find a place to get kind of comfy, maybe sit up tall, close your eyes and just take a second to just take a couple deep breaths. Maybe one more just for good measure. Oh, very nice. Just a little grounding. Like I said, your girl is sleepy. I had too much for dinner. Um, I've got a bit of, a bit of the itis. And, uh, but I'm still going to bring an episode to you guys today. Because why? Because I said I would. And that leads me into what I'm grateful for. So hopefully in those breaths you, you sat with yourself and you thought about a couple things that you were grateful for. And if you haven't done that yet, pause. And now that you're back, I am grateful for the movies. Over the weekend, I went to go see Poor Things. Um, For those of you who do not know, going to the movies alone is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I discovered it when I was in college. Like, I, it's hard for me to remember. It's hard for me to even fathom the fact that at one point in my life, I was terrified of going to the movies alone. I thought it was lame and weird and scary and that makes me so sad because now it's like my favorite thing to do. And I like to take it even a step further. If I can find an empty movie theater where it's just me, that is my heaven. Like ask me what heaven looks like. And it's a dark room with incredible cinema playing on the big screen with me, popcorn and a ginger ale of some sort with the, with maybe some peanut M&Ms, you know, sugar-free for human world, but all the sugar in, uh, dead world (laughs) in my heaven um 
that is my that is my ideal of a good time. Um, there's an, a theater in Dallas that I love to go to, Angelica Theater. It's an indie theater, and uh, they they would just play all of my favorite indie weird movies that none none of my, the people in my life probably cared about or had even heard of. But that didn't matter because I liked to go watch them alone, and that was like my date. That was by myself. That was like my go to. I would get myself dinner. I would go to the movies. I get myself a snack and. That would be how I would recharge. Uh, oh my God, my roommates just walked in the door. Um, so I'm grateful for the movies. I went and I saw Poor Things this weekend uh, by myself. And it was so good. Literally, the you know, just cut right up. Um, follow, uh, oh my God, my words. Yesterday was the, was the Grammys. And uh, I'm pretty sure they took home the Grammy for Best Comedy um, film. And holy shit deserves it i need to go watch it again because i'm pretty sure i missed i missed like a, a, a crucial part of the movie when i had to get up and go pee which is always super annoying but if you haven't seen it go see it if you enjoy movies if you enjoy eclectic interesting movies go watch poor things if you're not into that if you're like an action movie person you're probably not gonna like it okay but also it, you probably don't relate to the things that i like to in general if that's the case i'm not saying action movies aren't good. I'm just saying my kind of movies are like movies that question existence and talk about life. And, um, yeah, I'm just that are very sentimental and have a little bit more of like a deeper meaning than just your run of the mill blockbuster. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, go see poor things. Honestly, it's probably one of Emma Stone's best movies. I'm actually, I do like Emma Stone, but she, not everything she makes is a hit and i'm i know it's probably controversial but i i love her anyway just like because she's her but not everything she's in is always a hit but poor things incredible like you can just you can just tell watching the movie that there was so much time and effort and detail and the execution of it all and the cast holy shit the cast is incredible so that's what i did i'm grateful for that i'm grateful for the movies i'm grateful for poor things um, I'm grateful for solo dates. I'm grateful for that was my artist date for the weekend, my creative activity just by myself. And then afterwards, I took, I took myself to Outback Steakhouse and got myself like a 16 ounce prime rib with sweet potatoes and asparagus. Not because I wanted to eat 16 ounces in one sitting, but because I wanted to eat 16 ounces in two different sittings. So I had the for I had that for Saturday dinner and for Sunday dinner, which was dope. Um. I'm grateful for last minute ideas. Okay. Like honestly, up until about 30 minutes ago, I had no idea what I was going to talk about today because I was sitting at the dinner table staring at my protein bar because I was craving sugar, but because I don't eat sugar right right now, or I'm trying not to eat sugar ever. I ate a protein bar because it was the closest thing to a sweet that I could get my hands on because I was fiending like a drug addict, which sugar is a drug. Um, and I was like, what the hell am I going to talk about? All I can think about is how sleepy I am and how full I am and how I want to go to bed early and all this stuff. I was just kind of spiraling a little bit. And then I remembered I had started reading a book, reading a book this week and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect, especially because it goes perfectly in tandem with my experience as a human recently. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm grateful for books that I've picked up that I tend to pick up exactly at the right time. Like I said, this book I started reading this week, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, it's like, wow, I needed to hear this. I've had this book for for at least two years. Um, that was recommended to me and I finally picked it up and um, we're going to talk about it later. I am grateful for the ability to share what I'm learning 
in real time. I'm grateful for the fact that I, I'm not, I'm not a, an expert at, at any of this stuff. Okay, guys, I'm just living it and I'm sharing it. And the things that help me, I'm, I'm passing along to you, hopefully, because maybe they'll help you too, right? I am grateful for powering through my exhaustion <laughs> because I said I would show up. And so I'm holding myself accountable because A, it's for me and B, you're going to be like someone out there in the world, you know, one of the 15 or 20 of, pe- 20 of you who watch this, who listen to the show every week. Somebody out there is going to be like, yo, where the hell was your episode on Tuesday? And if that were to happen, I would feel horrible on top of already feeling bad about letting myself down. So we're not doing that today. I'm, and honestly, as soon as I started doing this, as soon as I started writing the script for the show, the outline, I was like, all right, now I'm getting my juices back. I'm, I'm powering up. Right. So what was my thing from last week? Uh, creativity is in the is in the act is in the act of doing not in the done something like that so i'm doing it i'm doing it and then um last thing i'm grateful for is showing up for my creativity each and every week even when it's annoying even when i'm tired even when i feel like i have nothing to give um honestly i felt kind of very numbed out almost like almost like an irritation with the world. I've been irritated recently. Um, it very easily peeved. I mean, even, you know, my mom was calling to check in on me and, and I was like, I don't even feel like explaining myself. Like that's how, not because of my mom, but just because of the energy that I feel like I've been bringing to the table. And it's like confirmation bias, right? So as soon as you're in a bad mood, then like the world falls apart. Right. And that's kind of how my weekend went. So that's why I gave myself a night out on the town and I like decompressed a little bit. And it didn't fix my problem totally, but it helped, you know, and that's all you can really ask for. Um, Cause like we talked about last week, grief just sucks, you know? And so I'm in the part of the sucking <laughs> and uh, it's not fun. It's not fun at all because I feel like how many stages of grief are there? There's like six or seven, five, maybe. I, I feel like I go through each one of them at least once a day. And recently I've been in the anger phase. I've been in the anger phase of grief. So I'm grateful for all that. And that's why I'm having this section of the show. So I can remind myself of just how special and wonderful being alive is and being me is. And it's not all doom and gloom. As much as my ego wants to make it seem like it is, it's not. Okay. We can change our mind at any given second of the day. And sometimes I'm going to let myself be whiny. And I'm going to let myself be bitter and I'm going to let myself be angry because that is the truth of my experience, right? I don't have to be there all the time. Okay. Like I'm allowed to be so, to to allow myself to be so angry that it annoys me back into happiness again. I'm like, all right, that's enough. That's enough anger for the day. That's enough whininess. That's enough. Like everyone has their limits, right? So that's where I'm at. And so that leads me into this week's topic, which is self-sabotage and the upper limit problem. Now, norm, like last week, I wrote, I wrote out my own experience and then I did like a deep dive on the topic where, whereas this week, I'm actually going to just dive right into um, the book that I've been reading because I think it's way more helpful. And I'll give some anecdotal um, 
you know, experience my experience along the way. Currently, my experience with self-sabotage looks like all of the ways you can self-sabotage um, when it's just you, like perfectionist mentalities, um, uh, procrastination, overindulgence. Like those are like the, the three big things for me. Overindulging in sugar when I'm literally told myself like it makes me feel like shit and I need I need to stop eating it. And so then what did I do the very next day? I like, like I told myself on Saturday, for instance, I was journaling about this. I'm like, okay, recently I've been eating a lot of dairy, which I have gone literally half a decade without eating dairy up until the last, I would say like three, four, four-ish, maybe six-ish months. Very, very sporadically eating dairy, like butter on accident here and there. But recently I've been eating a shit ton of butter and even cheese on pizza here and there. And what's been happening? I've been getting acne on my body and my face in ways that I haven't seen since I was in college, right? Which is the, I literally gave up dairy in college because of my acne, not because of even veganism, but just because of acne. And so that stuff has been coming back. And so I was like, okay, I need to lay off the dairy. I don't like the way I feel when I eat dairy. Fair. Okay. Action, reaction, you do something about it. And then I was like, okay, I also don't want to eat any more sugar because I've been going heavy on the sugar. And every time I don't eat sugar, my inflammation and my body goes down like 150%. So I'm like, I feel amazing when I'm not eating sugar. Let's not eat sugar. Okay. Action, reaction, do something about it. And then the third thing, which this might sound crazy because um, I'm doing all these things, three things at the same time, but I've just done it in the past. So I figure, let me just re-implement it. And so the third thing is caffeine. Like up until I would say like three, two weeks ago, I hadn't had caffeine. I hadn't had caffeine in about four months, four months, because caffeine was triggering my cortisol and um messing with my face, with my skin on my face. Like my my body's so sensitive, okay? It's so sensitive to everything everything that I put in my body. Um, and so I'm like, okay, those three things, like I cannot justify continuing consuming sugar, caffeine, dairy. And I was like, dope. I'm going to start Sunday is going to be day one of doing that, of letting those things go. Cause you can make a goal for yourself whenever you want, by the way, in case you didn't know that. And so Sunday came comes around and I go all day and like, I'm eating healthy, like the way that I normally do. Going, getting back to my baseline, trying to get back to a, a state of homeostasis, right? And uh, so then after the movie, I take myself out to Outback and I get my prime rib and I get my asparagus, check, check, and I get my sweet potato, check. <laughs> well, as soon as I get my meal, what comes on the, the plate? The sweet potato covered and smothered in brown sugar and butter. And then it was like, as soon as I saw that, my ins- my my ego instinct was to get myself my favorite drink, which was what? An Arnold Palmer, which I haven't even been drinking tea. Like that's how much I've been on this no caffeine kick. And so in one fell swoop, I get myself caffeine. I eat the butter and the brown sugar and the sweet potato. And I'm like, God dang it, Kara, you had one job. Now I still had a pretty incredibly balanced meal, like protein, vegetables, um, high fiber, carb, 
But it was just like the principle of the thing. I was like, of course I've self-sabotaged myself. Even in the smallest way, I figured out a way to disappoint myself. Like how annoying, right? So that's been, that's just like a small look into like the ways that I self-sabotage on like a daily basis, right? And so I picked up this book this week um, and it's called The Big Leap and it's by Gay Hendricks, which I don't know about you guys, but I thought Gay Hendricks was a woman this whole time. It's not. It's an it's an old white man. Everything seems to be written by old white men, which is fine, I guess. I, mean, I probably just need to expand my horizons. But in my defense, I did get the book recommendation from a black woman um, entrepreneur who I follow on the internet called Gloa Tonmo. She's incredible. Um, I want her to be my coach one day. Uh, I actually had a meeting with her late last year to look into coaching, but it just cost me, it costs way too much money for me right now. So that's my goal is to be work with her in the future. But she highly recommends this book, The Big the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And so I bought it about two years ago, um, maybe only a year ago. The details aren't important, but it's called The Big Leap. Um, conquer your hidden fear and take life to the next level. Um, and a quick little summary of it that I found on the internet it says, um, this book was written by Dr. Gay Hendricks, a psychologist, writer, and teacher in the field of personal growth, relationships, and body intelligence. Literally my dream. Hendricks received his PhD in psychology from Stanford University, which seems to be where like all of the people come from. Everything I've read recently, everyone's come from Stanford University. So it must be a really tight knit group or like an incredibly robust, like awesome program. I don't know. Um, it goes on to say, and he taught for 21 years at the University of Colorado to become a full, a full professor in the counseling psychology department. He also founded the Hendricks Institute where he conducts psychology, sorry, my bad, where he conducts workshops with his wife, Dr. Ka uh, Caitlin Hendricks. Together, they have authored over 35 books and appeared on numerous radio and television shows. So he's a psychologist and his whole thing his whole thing in this book, The Big Leap, is is how to transcend your upper limits and move into your zone of genius, right? So his whole idea is that we self-sabotage because as people, we all have this thing he calls the upper limit problem, which is beautiful because when as soon as I read those words in the book, I'm only, I'm only, I've only read two chapters, but these two chapters, I was like, I got to talk about this book before I'm even done with it. So what I did was I, I basically looked up a summary of the book um, and it talks about the main points, which um, I haven't come across the the last few points, but I've definitely came, I've definitely read up until he reads it, up until he talks about the upper limits and like what they are and um, and how they affect us negatively in our life, in our day-to-day -day life, right? So his whole thing is like, we have this upper limit problem. And basically it's our tendency to sabotage ourselves once we exceed the artificial limit that we place, on, we place on ourselves. All of us have an internal thermostat that sets an upper limit for the levels of success, love, creativity, happiness, and well-being that we allow ourselves to enjoy. Incredible. This is literally, when I was speaking a couple episodes ago about how, I think I was speaking about this. If I didn't tell you guys, I've told friends and family this but like you can you can reach a ceiling as to like intimacy right and vulnerability like in relationship 
Well, he's saying that you you reach a, you have a ceiling in every part of your life, in your creative part of your life, in your relationship part of your life, in your success part of your life, in career, in any aspect of your life. There's a a lot of us have a ceiling that we have, and once we reach that ceiling, his argument is that that's when we self sabotage because if we ever go past that ceiling, if we ever go past the, the limit of success that we that we think that we have we can make and we can have and sustain, then we will bring we will engage in self-sabotaging behavior to get us back to that that ceiling because that's where our homeostasis is that's where we feel feel most comfortable because it's like and, and essentially an example is um he gives examples like if a dude at his job you know gets this big promotion and he doesn't think that he deserves it or he has these like these baseline views that he's flawed or he's undeserving He's going to go home that night and like drink himself into a stupor and like miss his big meeting the next day, right? Because he just, because the fact that he's reached such success and he doesn't think that he deserves it, he's going to knock himself back down to where he thinks he belongs. Incredible example. I love this. I love this, like this wording, the upper limit problem, because it's, yeah, it is like, it's, is an upper limit. Like once you meet that ceiling that you've created for yourself, and he called, like, like he says, it's an internal thermostat that sets an upper limit for the levels of success, love, creativity, happiness, and well-being that we allow, that we allow ourselves to enjoy. It's not anybody else's fault, but our own. Don't you just love that? And essentially it goes like this, like there's a, it's a cycle. There's a, a picture that, that, um, I got the, the book summary from, um, where did I get this book summary? Oh, on readinggraphics.com, you can look up just um, The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks book summary, and this will probably pop up. If you don't feel like buying the book, I highly recommend buying the books. I'm going to finish reading it, and I feel like it's got some good juice in it just so far with examples and good questions and a solid way of like kind of describing just how it is that we manage to do this to ourselves. So essentially, it's like this if it's like this cycle there's a, it's a, it's a infographic and it's like, things are going well. It's a big thumbs up. And then you, then you goes around and you hit your upper limit and then it goes back around and you self-sabotage because you've hit that limit. And then it goes around, it says you return to your comfort zone and then you go back to things are going well. And it's this cyclical thing. And it says, we each have an internal thermostat that sets the upper, upper limit um, for levels of success, love, creativity, and happiness, we allow we allow ourselves to enjoy. Once we exceed this limit, we unconsciously sabotage ourselves to fall back within our self-imposed limits. Fascinating. It's like why it's literally this explains like if you ever find yourself, like for instance, you're in this incredible relationship and you're so happy and things are so easy, and then all of a sudden, because of your past, because you've never experienced this before, you start questioning like, oh, like, are they the one? Like, maybe they're not. Like, something's wrong or whatever. And and you might convince yourself that it's like for a number of reasons, but the real reason is that you don't feel worthy of great love or you feel inherently flawed. And if your partner found that out, found out that you were some kind of imposter that they would find you disgusting or like intolerable. You know what I mean? Like these silly, these silly things that we make up, but they're not, they don't come from nowhere, 
right? You didn't just you didn't just make it up. Like it comes from this deep place and it gets into um and this book gets into like what those like those key um where those problems come from, like where those ceilings come from. But first, it talks about, you know, making the big leap into your zone of genius. You know what? No, I want to talk about I want to talk about the um but understanding the underlying fears and beliefs. So these upper limits come from underlying fears and beliefs, and Gay Hendricks kind of breaks them down into four different categories. Hidden barrier number one, there's a feeling that you're fundamentally flawed. Ouch. It's a feeling that, you know, you're broken and there's nothing you or anybody else can do about that. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter what you achieve. Like you are ultimately undeserving because you are a flawed human being. Like that's the belief. Whether it's true or not, it's it's what you believe about yourself. Then there's hidden barrier number two, which is disloyalty and abandonment. Like, sorry, in the first one, the, the feeling fundamentally flawed, that's like you can never reach success because like you feel like you don't deserve it. You feel like you're flawed. You feel like you're incapable of sustaining that kind of happiness. Like you're not deserving of happiness and success. And barrier number two is disloyalty and abandonment. This is the wound of if you were to have your greatest success, it would go against your family's, um, your family's view of who you are and what you're supposed to do and like how you're supposed to play a part in that system. And like, if you were to be successful in the way that was true to you, then you would be abandoning the system and and uh, disappointing your your parents and leaving you know leaving people behind, right? So like you you sabotage yourself by not living in your in your fullest potential, and you kind of do what your family wants you to do, and you live with resentment and bitterness, right? Then hidden bar- barrier number three is believing more success brings a bigger burden. Honestly, I feel like I I suffer from this. That's <laughs> a big one for me. Um, and I didn't know that until probably a couple years ago. But for me, and honestly, these you can you can have all of these burdens. You can have these barriers, these upper limit fears and beliefs. You can have one or two, you can have three, or you just have one. And I think the believing more success brings a bigger burden is a big one for me. This is basically like, if you were successful, like you, you'd be too afraid to hold it, I think. And he says, he says something a little bit differently in the book. But to me, the way that this is written, the way that I interpret it, it's like, if I have, if I'm a, people are afraid of failure, I'm afraid of success. Which really just comes down, I'm afraid of failing in success. I'm afraid of not being able to sustain my success. Like once I get it, I'll fumble the ball and I'll fuck it up and I'll be right back to where I started. And I'll disappoint all the people who were depending on me because that probably comes down to like a feeling that I'm fundamentally flawed as well. Damn, I just discovered that just now. So yeah, I'm probably, it's like, and it's also like, the part of me that's like, well, once I start getting the success that I want, that I'm going to have to keep working at it. And like, I'll have to keep grinding away. And like, when does it ever stop? And I kind of go down this big spiral of like blocking my blessings because, you know, I, it's a perfectionist mindset of like, I don't even start because I know I'm going to fail. Right. Not helpful, not helpful at all. 
So that's hidden barrier number three, believing more su- more success brings a bigger burden. Um, and then there's hidden barrier number four, the crime of outshining. And in the book, he describes, um, like, for instance, siblings. When a kid, it's like this, he says that this happens a lot with gifted children and how if one child is super gifted in one area and, you know, they get all these accolades, they get all this stuff, like a parent might discourage them from shining so brightly so that their sibling doesn't feel so bad, right? Um, so that's that's kind of the, it's like, it's like you have a fear of success because like you you don't want to use all your talents because you don't want you don't want people to feel bad that you have so much success and you have so much so many gifts and so much um to offer like you don't want other people it's like when you i feel like the people who suffer from this which i have suffered from this before it's like you're surrounded by people who are very woe is me and if you were to not subscribe to that like if you were to stop playing down your success and stop playing down how awesome you are and what you have to offer like it would trigger their insecurities and make them feel like shit that's literally happened to me in one of my friendships like I was healing and I was I was moving on with my life and I was choosing more positive thought patterns and the person who I was friends with at the time they fucking hated that because I wasn't wallowing in self-pity and self-loathing like they were and it was horrible and it's like so hard to watch people whom you love and like whom you care about, like treat themselves that way. But you can only like, once you've moved on, like you can't sit in that with them, you know? So that's the hidden barrier. Number four, the crime of outshining that he talks about. Um, and so those are the, those are like your, the upper limits. Like those are the fears and beliefs that live and breathe and feed our upper limits. And in the book, he says, um, the goal is to is to transcend those upper limits to make the leap into your zone of genius right and essentially his his take is that if you can it's like it will it will be easier to stop self-sabotaging if you are pursuing your zone of genius and so these zones he says that there's four zones there's um the zone of incompetence the zone of competence, the zone of excellence, and the zone of genius. And he kind of goes into uh, descriptions of what each of them are and how we stay stuck in them. Uh, the ultimate goal is to go into your zone of genius, but the, the three before that, the zone of incompetence, they, these are things that others do better than you. And he he encourages you to not waste your time in this zone. So zone of incompetence, like he, basically in the book, he talks about how so many people spend their whole life in the zone of incompetence or even with little things like like trying to change your own tire, right? If it's not something that you're genu- that you're generally good at or competent at or excellent at or genius at, don't waste your time trying to figure it out. You know, like you could spend 10 hours trying to figure out how to change the the rotors on your car or you can go pay somebody you know, a certain amount of money to do it in 30 minutes, right? It says Zone of incompetence. Don't waste time in this zone. Do not waste time trying to be a project manager when you know that you're an artist, right? Like, don't waste your time trying to be an organizational person when you know you're you're not. Or don't waste your time trying to be a creative person when you know that you're an organizational person, right? So that's zone number one, zone of incompetence. It's got a big thumbs down. Then there's a zone of competence. 
These are the things that others do as well as you, but you'll be mediocre at best in this zone. And it's got a little bit of a thumbs up. It's like, this is the, your zone of competence. Like if you find yourself there, like, like you said, like you're not super special at this thing. You're kind of just like run of the mill, regular, de- regular, regular. Um, for me, I, um, I feel like my zone of competence is like everything that I do, but I could, that might just be me with imposter syndrome. I don't know. Um, so yeah, things that others do as well as you, you'll be mediocre at best in this zone. That's the zone of competence. And then it goes on to the zone of excellence. These are things you excel in. You add lots of value to others, but don't feed your inner self. It's easy to get stuck in this comfort zone. So in the book, he talks about how like the zone of excellence is where a lot of like people end up staying for their whole career their, or their, just their whole existence. Like this is where a lot of CEOs stay. This is where a lot of artists stay this is where a lot of like where you're you're really good at something and you're doing it kind of in the standard way that people expect from you like you get results you're successful at it you make money like people pay you to do it but it's something that doesn't fulfill you it doesn't it doesn't satiate your inner most desires right for being in the world for purpose for creativity it's kind of just like something you do that you're good at that people are like yeah you're better at this thing than me and we like having you around for me this this feels like all of the photography that i've done this feels like graphic design and honestly like this is teeter-tottering between competence and excellence because i don't think anything that i do is particularly exceptional i I don't know if i would say that i excel in these areas maybe other people would disagree with me i don't know but those are the things that I've done to make money. And it's been fairly, fairly easy for me. Like I've picked it up, I've learned it, and people have paid me good, good amounts of money to do that kind of work. Graphic design, photo, video. It's so what I'm doing right now. I'm doing video and photo. Um, but does it fulfill me and feed my inner self? Eh, no, not really. Which is why I left I left my last nine to five job because I was like, I cannot keep banging my head against the wall just because I'm just because I'm okay at this job like ugh. so then there's the fourth zone and that's the zone of genius and this is where he says you make the big leap he says in the zone of genius things these are things you're uniquely suited to do they fit your strengths talents and passions to give you ultimate success and fulfillment this is where I think for me coaching comes to mind or just being in the space of speaking about mental health speaking about relationships speaking about philosophy do i know a whole lot probably not in the grand scheme of things but it's what i'm most interested in it's what fulfills me like even teaching dance class like i've been running from dance my entire life because i felt like i wasn't good enough right but whether I like it or not, and whether I'm the best or not, like dance is in me. It lives in me. And I keep running away from it and it keeps coming back. And so between dancing and teaching dance, and like before I left, I got so much fulfillment just doing a couple privates with my um hip hop solo sessions with my student, what my one of my students that I was just like, holy shit, this feels so good. Like, ah, oh, it feels like I have something to give. It feels like I have purpose. It feels like yes. And like 
do I have all the education to back it up? I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm ever not going to feel like an imposter when I do anything. So it's hard for me to say. Um, but I want you to think about like what your zone of genius, genius might be and kind of what your zone of excellence might be and what your zone of competence might be and what your zone of incompetence might be. Like, I know for a fact that like, I am not a project manager. I am not detail oriented. I am not, um, I'm not a lot of things. Like there are lots of things I'm incompetent at in certain contexts. In other contexts, I'm incredible, right? But not in the, not in the same way as somebody whose who's zone of genius that is, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, those are the four zones that he talks about. And then he talks about um, to transcend your upper limits and live in your zone of genius, you must first accept the possibility that you can feel good all the time and have everything going well in your life, from money to relationships to creativity and health. And this is a big one. Like, I remember one of the first questions he asked in the book. He's like, are you willing to accept the possibility that you can feel good all the time? And by this, I don't think he, I don't think he means like bypass any negative thought feeling and thought and feeling i think he just means like do you accept the possibility that you could be you could feel good like like for me i feel good even though i'm grieving deeply because i i know what i'm about i know who i am like in the grand scheme of my life like i feel good maybe in the day to day second to second i'm like well this is shitty Right. But it's like, I accept the possibility that like, that I can feel good. I can, it is an option on the table where some people, it's not even an option. That's not even a, a, in the realm of, of existence in their psyche. They're like, no, like life is hard and the world is hard. And like, things are, things are negative And that's just the way it is. Right. Like for me, I don't think like that. I don't think things are just the way they are. I think being alive is inherently tra- traumatic and that's bound to happen. Absolutely. But but screw anybody who tries to take my joy from me. You know what I mean? Like people try to suck joy from me every single fucking day. Every single day. Like there was literally a man. I was shoveling a spot for my car. I was shoveling snow in like out of the the way where I could park my car. And a car, an old geezery old man drives by my car, stops his car. I'm still shoveling snow and ice. And he ha- he has the audacity to tell me, well, well, you know, back when this was a single family home, we this was nice, but now it's a flop house because you got all these people living here and you're making driving in the road so dangerous by parking in it. And then he just drove off. He didn't even give me a second to like respond and ask him like why he was just releasing all of his anger and negativity onto me. And that he was an asshole. Like, he just drove away because he was a coward. So, like, people are always trying to steal my joy. But I ex- I accept the fact that I can feel good all the time and have everything going well in my life. Like, I am never going to question why my relationship's going well and my job's going well. And why my creativity's well going well and my relationship's going well. Like, no, like, I deserve it all, bitch. But, but I've also done the work to be like, like, I do deserve all the good in the world, like not deserve in this, like I deserve it. But like, 
we all do. Like, it's not that it's owed to us, but we can choose it. You know, like I can choose not to self-sabotage my life. Like I can hold negative emotions or, or even hold my fear in my hand while still nourishing my relationships and my creativity and my success. Because I've, I've, I've seen me do it before. However, what I may have, what I may be experiencing is I keep pushing my upper limits higher and higher, but I still have upper limits. And I think that's kind of what I've been dealing with recently is that with my relationships, like I kind of got rid of my upper limit, like entirely, because I had put so much time and effort and work into doing that, like into, into being open to having a successful, loving relationship all the time. Right. And this book, like that phrase kind of put that in perspective for me. Like I did that work. I've done that work. I continue to do that work, even in the midst of a breakup, even in the midst of whatever. Like, I don't think that a breakup just, just ruins all the work I've done. Absolutely fucking not. Um, if anything, now's the time to practice it the most of like, I did what I could and I spoke up for myself and I advocated for myself. And I know I showed up in in the best way that I, I knew how. And it was in a loving way. And it was in a kind way. And it was in a, pa- a patient way. And that was my intent. And and I followed through with that. And I'm very proud. I'm very proud to say that I did that work and that I and that I followed through on my intentions. However, I haven't, I haven't done that work with my career yet, right? Like I'm just getting started. And so showing up for this podcast and for my creativity and for my career and for this entrepreneurial career, I I am attempting to embark on very slowly, but shortly I am running into a lot of upper limits because to be honest with you, I am, I am, I have never experienced success in in this area in the way that I'm dreaming of it. I've proven to myself that I know how to make money in an entrepreneurial way, but not in a big way. Right? Like my my goals and dreams for myself is to work for myself full time to sustain my life full time with my creative endeavors and with my coaching and with my my words. Like somebody asked me years ago what's my dream job and and even though i do not dream of work which i saw that on the internet some at some point i was like that's genius my dream job would be to to talk for a living to get paid to just talk and to listen and to share stories that's my dream job that is my dream and when i thought about that when i would say that out loud a couple even just a couple years ago i, I would kind of scoff at myself like but yeah it's never gonna happen you know but now I'm in the mindset of like being curious and being open and just thinking like, well, why not? Like who put that limit there? You know, like who put that there? So now I'm, now I'm inquiring and now I'm, I'm exploring like who did put that there? Where did that come from? Like, why does this thought of like, who do I think I am keep coming up? And, and it's come, even though it's come up for every person who's ever done anything worth mentioning, they've had the same thought pattern what makes me think that I'm no different than them? Like in the best way and in the worst way. Do you know what I mean? So I'm running into upper limit problems with my career. Um, and so I'm trying to get into my zone of genius personally and transcend those upper limits. And to do that, he says this. 
Um, he says to transcend your upper limits and live in your zone of genius, you must first accept the possibility that you can that you can feel good all the time and have everything go well going well in your life from money to relationships, creativity and health. So I read that before, but I just wanted to remind you. And so he says to ask yourself these questions to get to your zone of your zone of genius. Ask yourself these questions. Excuse me. Am I willing to have more time feeling good each day? Yes or no? Am I willing to have more time when everything goes well in my life? Am I willing am I willing to have more time when everything goes well in my life? Yes or no? Question 3, am I willing to feel good and have my life run smoothly all the time? Am I willing to feel good and have my life run smoothly all the time? It's like, yes or no? Question four, am I willing to take the big leap to the ultimate level of success? Yes or no? And it says, if your answer is no or maybe to any of these questions, pause and consider where the resistance is coming from. What limits are you setting setting on yourself? How are you getting in your own way? <laughs> for, the, for me... Am I willing to have more time feeling good each day? Absolutely. Literally, my whole point of my gratitude section of this is just, I'm going to feel good every day. And I want, like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to revel in the goodness, no matter what's going on. Am I willing to have more time when everything goes well in my life? Absolutely. 100% willing. Like, that is the whole reason why I want to be an entrepreneur, so I can buy back my freedom so that I can live exactly the life that I want? Um, am I willing to feel good and have my life run smoothly all the time? This is going to be a tough one for a lot of you. I know that for sure, because God forbid you don't have any relationship drama. God forbid you don't have any work drama. God forbid there's not some weird rumor going around about you and your friend group. God forbid, like, there's just God forbid, right? I feel like so many people I know create their own shit to dig themselves out of. And honestly, from like I used to do the same thing. I know I did. Well, in relationship, at least I know I did. Now, nah, Mm-mm. no. My relationships are straightforward with myself, with the people I love, with my friends, with my family, with people I barely know. Like there is no bullshit in my life. There's no room for it. I have no time for it. And I don't create it either. I I don't, I have no desire to create more hardship in my life. Like I said before, life is already hard. I'm not trying to make it harder. Absolutely not. At least in my relationships. But what I say before, I am running into self-sabotage in my career because it's something I haven't done before and something I feel like I'm not good at yet. And so I'm like struggling sitting in the discomfort of that. So when I, when I ask myself the question, am I willing to feel good and have my life run smoothly all the time? Yes, I am willing. I am absolutely willing, which is step one. I'm just finding that I am kind of, I'm creating my, my own struggle bus central with my career because of old conditioning kind of coming up in this new area. Cause when I'm not focused on my career, it's way in, or things that I'm just generally, if I'm focused on things that I'm good at, I have way less pressure and way less resistance in, in my, my core. So it makes doing 
my morning pages and my workouts and my eating much easier because I'm not focused on the things I'm not, I'm not good at. But now that I'm focusing on something that I'm not good at yet, it is creating so much resistance and so much unsmoothness in my life. And so am I willing to feel good and have my life run smoothly all the time in every area? Yes, I am. And that's what I'm trying to focus on. I'm trying to focus on making my life smooth. <laughs> I'm trying to habit stack my life in the in the midst of this discomfort, in the midst of this, this trying to heighten my upper limits with this thing. Am I willing to take the big leap to the ultimate level of success? Yes, I am. I am willing to take the big leap because I am willing to sit in this this discomfort. I'm willing to do the work, even though it might be slow and it might be awkward. It might be annoying as fuck and time consuming and exhausting, but I'm going to get there eventually. I know I am because that's how it works. If you consistently put your energy into something over time, like you will find success. It's going to take you your 10 years. But if I start now, by the time I'm 38, I will be thriving. How old am I? Yeah. 28 30 i'll be in my motherfucking prime baby and that's the goal because by 38 people will believe me when i say things and I'll, I, I will have experience and i'll have i'll have not clout but i'll have just respect and i'm putting in the work now to get there and i don't care that it takes 10 years because i feel like this is my zone of genius and just thinking about it makes me want to cry ah i'm also about to start my period so if i sound a little bit and that's why <laughs> um okay so then then it goes into transcending your problem so those are the four questions you ask yourself if you want to get into your zone of genius to to even be able to be open up to your to your zone of genius because that's essentially how you will feel if you're living in your zone of genius you'll have ultimate levels of success you'll feel good and your life will run smoothly all the time you'll have more time when when everything is going well, um, you'll feel good every day. Like if you're living in your zone of genius based off of Gay Hendricks' um, philosophies and ideas. Um, we talked about the upper limit problems. So basically to transcend your upper limits, you have to understand the four underlying fears and beliefs. Once you're aware of them, they start to lose power over you. So once you're aware of if you have feeling of fundamentally flawed, disloyalty and abandonment wound, believing more success brings a bigger burden, or the crime of outshining, once you're aware of which ones affect you the most, like he says they start to lose power over you, which I think is true. Awareness is the first step to anything. Admit you have the problem, right? And then you can deal with the problem. But if you never admit it to yourself or you never get to the to the root cause of why you're doing what you're doing, then you can never do anything about it. You can never change how you show up in that way. So then it says spot your upper limits um, in everyday life. So notice when you're upper limiting yourself. And we do this by... Um, it says, once, once you recognize your inner fears and self-imposed limitations, you can learn to spot when you're, quote-unquote, upper-limiting yourself. It says, pay attention to the following ways that you might be choking off your flow of positive energy. Some behaviors to watch out for. Worrying unnecessarily about things beyond your control. Ouch. <laughs> Blaming and criticizing. Deflecting praises and compliments. Squabbling, like fighting with people. And then falling sick or getting hurt. I have literally been a, uh, <laughs> I have, I have partaken in, partooken, partooked, partaken in all of these. 
Um, I used to be a worry wart. I used to overthink and overanalyze every little thing out of my control. I mean, that anxiety is literally a fear of the future. And if you've never heard it said like that, like, I'll say it again. Anxiety is a fear of a future that doesn't exist. Yeah, you're just, you're trying to anticipate all the ways in which things can play out so that you can keep yourself safe in a situation. So you can be prepared for any negative outcome. Like, that's all it is. But the but the truth is, like, you, you just can't. You just can't. You just don't know what's going to happen. And you can't control what's going to happen either. So you might as well just let go of trying to trying to control it when you because you know you never can. What you can do is you can control how you show up in the moment and how you and be more mindful and be more present and that will calm you down. Um blaming and criticizing. Another big thing, like you know, the upper limit could show up in your life. It, when you when you're in a good a good relationship by like you're literally everything's literally fine and dandy with your partner and next thing you know you're you're picking a fight over like how they chew their food or you know them leaving a cup on the countertop because you're projecting onto them all of your insecurities that like oh everything's perfect you're waiting for the ball to drop or for the other shoe to drop so you just decide to throw the shoe on the ground like you decide to drop the shoe you know because like you you were anticipating it happening anyway right even though you made that up as a story that you told in your head <laughs> um deflecting and pr- praises and compliments like you're you're blocking your blessings when you when you don't accept the award at work or you or people have all these beautiful things to say about you and you you downplay them like in a not just in like a a, a humble way but in like a way that is self-deprecating like don't do that stop doing that you're blocking your blessings like let, if you are wonderful and great let people think you're wonderful and great and even if you don't think you're wonderful and great and people say you are you don't get to den- deny their reality. In their reality, you're wonderful and great. So maybe you start believing them. Hmm? What an idea. What an idea. Squabbling again, just picking fights for no reason. Like, like it's likely that you're just in a bad, you're just in a shitty mood and you're trying to pick a fight with your partner. <laughs> Blocking your blessings. Again, let them love on you. Let your people love on you. Like there's life is too short for squabbling, especially if it's unnecessary. If you need to confront somebody about something important, then do that. But don't, don't. Have, be a bitter little petty little Betty. Um, falling sick or getting hurt. Um, I feel like people they block their blessings and they hit their upper limit in this way by, I would say, falling sick or or getting hurt. Like I would say, falling sick would, or drinking a lot of alcohol would fall into this category. Eating a lot of inf- inflammatory food could cause this. Just being kind of reckless in general, I think, would fall into that category. Um, and it says, for spotting your upper limit problem in your daily life, when you notice such behaviors, don't criticize yourself, okay? It says, adopt a curious, playful attitude, identify the underlying issue, then shift your focus to positive sensations and new stories that describe how you're enjoying the abundance and self-expression in your zone of genius, okay? So, and again, this this whole this whole idea of this upper limit problem is that this upper limit comes into play when you are in the middle of your successes, when you're in the middle of reaching, reaching the star you were, you were, you were grasping for, when you have the, the, the good relationship, when you get the promotion, you reach this upper limit in the middle of all the good that's unfolding in your life. 
right? You're not doing it when you're already down. You're not hitting your upper limit when you're down, right? You're when you're down, you're just like you just keep you you're probably working hard and you're like trying to get there and you're probably doing better, right? But you hit the upper limit when you start getting successes and seeing the fruits of your labor come to fruition. That's when you hit the upper limit problem. So, and there he's suggesting you know, when you do hit the upper limit problem or when you do try to bring yourself back down to that limit, even when you've surpassed it and you've reached this long-term goal that you've been dreaming of and holding on to and just like thinking about and you finally get there, that when you f- when you feel yourself starting to self-sabotage in the ways of worrying unnecessarily, you know, anxiously, blaming and criticizing, deflecting, squabbling, falling sick, like when you feel yourself kind of moving into the direction of these old self-sabotage, like upper limit, upper limiting ways, it's not helpful for you to criticize yourself. Okay. Get curious, be playful about it. Like, oh shit. I think I'm trying to sabotage myself again. Oopsie. And it's like, once you have that awareness and you get better at practicing coming into that awareness, it's going to get easier to either raise that upper limit or just abolish it altogether. Um, and then it goes into saying, um, you know, making the big leap, discovering your zone of genius. Um, oh, so it's like once you recognize where you where you limit yourself in your everyday life, then you can you can start making the leap to getting into your zone of genius. Because once you start being aware of how you're limiting yourself, then you can do what? You can make changes to stop doing that so much. Getting curious, being playful. This is making the big leap. Discover your zone of genius. The insights above help you to dissolve existing limits and take baby steps forward. That is a major key. Baby steps. What did I say last week? What is the next right step, right? Baby steps are sustainable. Slow and steady is sustainable. And it's not just me, guys. Psychologists with PhDs also agree. So, Um, You only unlock your full potential and experience true satisfaction in life when you make the big leap to discover your zone of genius. And there's four questions, um, four genius questions below, uh, genius questions being in quotes. Question number one, what do I most love to do? This seems simple. However, when you ask yourself this question, I need you, I need you to turn down the voice of your ego that's trying to keep you safe. And I want you to turn up the voice of your creative inner child. What do you most love to do? Question two, what work doesn't seem like work to you? Or if I was reading it to me, what work doesn't seem like work to me? Right? Again, turn down that inner critic with the ego who's like, well, you mean, mommy, mommy, mom. And listen to that intuition, that intuitive voice, the inner child in you. Question four, a genius question four. In my work, what brings the most abundance and satisfaction for the least amount of time spent? All right. In my work, what brings the most abundance and satisfaction for the least amount of time spent? This one's interesting to me because... I don't know. <laughs> I need to ask myself these questions. I probably do know, but I just off the top of my head, I think it's so deep into my psyche that I'll have to journal about it later. Question four, what's my unique ability? What's my unique ability? 
Now, this one trips me up because the same the same question was brought up in a business webinar I was watching the other night because I'm always learning about stuff. And essentially, it's the Glowatonmo girl woman I was talking about earlier. She's at Glowatonmo on Instagram. If you're if you're curious, she's incredible. She's an incredible entrepreneur. Her whole thing is she's a nicheless ninja, and she was talking about like. You in business, the three people, these three people make the most amount of money. And it's not just about money, but it's more about success, right? These three people are the most successful. The people who are the best, the people who are the first, or the people who are the most unique. And, you know, she's got this incredibly unique story. She was um, a basketball player overseas right out of college. And then she became a content creator, a travel content creator, and built up her business for 10 years. And before that, like she had been making online content since she was 11 years old. So she has a very unique story. And I know we all have our own unique story, but for whatever reason, it's just harder to see it when it's you. It's harder to like recognize it when it's your own story. And so when I, the question's asked, what's my unique ability? I don't have the answer to that. I think the only thing unique about me is like my audacity. I don't know. But even then, I don't compare it to lots of people. But then I think I have my, pers my perspective. That's really the only thing that I have that's unique to me. And maybe the fact that I've just done so many random things and I have so much random experience to pull from I don't think there's anything particularly special about about me, but again, maybe that's my own bias. Maybe that's my own insecurity talking. And I'm I'm willing to look at that. I'm willing to accept that that's a fact, like that's happening, right? And maybe as I prove to myself over time that I can do this work and with consistency and with with passion and with diligence, um, maybe that will change. You know, maybe I will get clear on what makes me unique, what my unique ability is. And maybe it's something that's so apparent to other people, but I just, like, it's like you have glasses when it comes to yourself, right? Um, so those are the four genius questions that he says. What do you, what do you most love to do? What work doesn't seem like work to you? And in your work, what brings the most abundance and satisfaction for the least amount of time spent? And what is your unique ability? So those are the four questions to get to your zone of genius. And that kind of sums up the book. I mean, I haven't read the whole book yet, and I will read the whole book, so I will report back if I find any more insights. But essentially, I wanted to share that. Like, I wanted to share not just, like, the topic of self-sabotage and that it's happening, right? But, like, how to deal with it, like, where it comes from, how to deal with it. And not only how to deal with self-sabotage, but, like, how to get through it and into a space where you're not doing it anymore. Like that's the ultimate goal is to not self-sabotage anymore. Nobody wants to be doing that. Like we all want to be living our best lives creatively in love and in, in romance and relationship in, in finance and success and career. Like we want, nobody wants to sit here and be the reason for all of their problems. Ew. <laughs> like I certainly don't. And if you want to continue doing that, please be my guest, but keep it to yourself. I don't want any part of that. You know what I mean? Um, like I said before, like life is already inherently difficult. Like we don't need to be 
making it harder for no reason. Like, especially when you have all these gifts and all of these talents and all of this opportunity. To know that you can't trust yourself with it because of all of these behaviors, because of all this this fear and all these negative, unhelpful beliefs, like, that doesn't have to be true for you. That doesn't have to be your reality. I'll be the first person to tell you. I am actively working through my own, but at the very least, I've given myself the the willingness to, to see a different future. I do not subscribe to this is the way things are. This is the way things always will be. No, God, that pisses me off. I literally got in a, a little tiff with my boss last week about how I don't operate that way. Like, don't put that on me. That might be your experience, but that is not mine. I choose everything in my life. And when I met with resistance because of the way that a system is, that's fine. I accept that, but I will figure it out. I will figure out a way to do it my way. How to make it happen. Even if that's just a change in perspective on my part. I don't care. I get so frustrated when people just have such stuck mindsets of like, this is the way I am. This is the way I'll always be. No. And with all due respect, fuck you. No, that's not true. That's lazy. That's lazy. You can be whoever you want. But you have to choose it. That is how this works. I get to be whoever I want, but I have to choose it. Over and over and over again, consistently with time and inspired effort. Because it's what I want. Ah, Don't you guys just love a little rant? I did have a little bit more information about self-sabotage. But to be honest with you guys, I'm getting kind of sleepy. And honestly, I think that book, I think that book... It covers self-sabotage in a way that I like a lot more than this other article I found. I'll very briefly go over it. It's it's one that I found on Psychology Today, uh, written by Barbara Field and medically reviewed by uh, Sabrina Rom- uh, Romanoff. She's a psych, psych D. I don't know what that stands for. Um, I guess psychology doctorate, maybe. And I was going to do a deep dive on this. Um, but to be honest, I feel like the the Big Leap, the Big Leap uh, book by Gay Hendricks has more of like more of a positive energy behind it in terms of you know bringing awareness to how you self sabotage, like bringing awareness to your upper limits and how you self sabotage yourself in the middle of success, and then how to acknowledge that in your everyday life and then how to overcome that and not only overcome that like i said uh before but to enter into your zone your zone of genius and i'm excited to see what he has to say about that in the rest of the book and i like i said i will share that whereas like this article comes from a place of it's very like scientific and it's very kind of like well it gives you facts which (laughs) facts aren't as sexy let's be honest but i'll read them to you anyway might as well i was half I was about to give up on you guys. Don't let me do that. Let me do my full thing like I planned. See, I'm like actively coaching myself through this at the moment. Like, isn't that weird? That's got to be weird to listen to. Or interesting. My hope is that it's entertaining at the very least. So in this article, it's self-sabotaging. Why does it happen? Um, It says, what causes self-sabotaging behavior? 
People thwart uh, their progress for a variety of reasons. They may uh, consciously or unconsciously commit acts of self-sabotage. The causes range from childhood issues to prior relationship effects. Other reasons for this type of destructive behavior vary from low self-esteem and coping problems to problems with cognitive dissonance, uh, which will be explained below. And like it said before, um, people self-sabotage because they had a difficult childhood where they were not modeled secure attachments, so they were modeled avoidant or ambivalent attachment styles, which um, will deeply affect how people connect to others as they grow up. People will self-sabotage um, if they've had difficulty in relationships. And this one, um, in one part of the article, it says, diff- uh, based on a study, based on one study on self-sabotage, 15 psychologists specializing in romantic relationships in Australia identified the main reasons for the prevalence of self-sabotage in romantic relationships. Reasons included insecure attachment styles, low self-esteem, fear of getting hurt, fear of commitment, unhealthy relationship beliefs, coping problems when it comes to matters of the heart. I have had one-on-one experience with my partner uh, dealing with all of these. And it's hard to watch and it's hard to know and there's nothing you can do about it and it's sad. <laughs> um, lots of self-sabotaging behavior, but it's like, you're just like helpless. Like, I can't make you not be self-sabotaging. <laughs> Um, another thing says low self-esteem people with a negative self-image and low self-esteem are especially vulnerable to self-sabotaging. They behave in ways that confirm negative beliefs about themselves. So if they are close to succeeding, they become uncomfortable, which leads to that upper limit and self-sabotaging behavior. Um, I've also self-sabotaged by having an insecure attachment style, low self-esteem, um, unhealthy relationship beliefs and coping problems when it comes to matters of the heart like it was just so long ago that when i was when i had those self-sabotaging behaviors like i wasn't even in a relationship so i didn't get to experience them in relationship but i knew that i had them um and by the time i worked by the time i worked through those and i actually started dating it i started dating because i worked through those um i recognized them so deeply in all the people that i started dating and I was like, no, why did I spend 10 years alone working on this? And all of you guys just, you guys are all in relationships. Like, what the fuck? Um, so that's that's me. My fear of getting hurt was actually just a fear of hurting others with all of my shit before I started dating, which is super fun. Also, you're welcome to all those men whose hearts I didn't break. <laughs> Um, people will self-sabotage if they experience cognitive dissonance. This is people showing this behavior struggle with cognitive dissonance or the mental discomfort you may have holding two conflicting ideas at the same time. Human beings like to have consistency between their beliefs and actions. So this is literally like, I have this wonderful relationship, but I feel inherently flawed and and undeserving of it. People self-sabotage because A, they can't hold both those things at the same time. They have to do something to um, confirm their deep fear and belief. And uh, that's sad. That's really sad. Um, and then it says examples of self-sabotaging behavior are procrastination, perfectionism, self-medicating. I do all of these. I <laughs> All of them. Again, they are very, like I, there have been points in my life where these have been under wraps. They have been in, under control to, for the most part. Usually when I'm at my healthiest physically. Um, and mentally, I would say, 
like whenever I'm healthy mentally and physically, like procrastination, perfectionism, self-medicating, super low, like super low on the totem pole of my habits. Right. But as soon as I hit that anxiety, as soon as I hit that insecurity in relationships, as soon as I hit that transition, like I've been, my whole life is in transition right now. Like I moved across the country. I broke up with my boyfriend. Like as soon as transition hits, I reach for those things that bring me comfort, that bring me back down to my homeostasis level. Right. Or even right now, even though I'm coming out of my transition of all that other stuff, like now I'm trying to transition into my entrepreneurial career, into my creativity, into doing these things that I'm not good at that make me feel uncomfortable. And so what are the things that make me feel good? Even if they're temporary, sugar, procrastination doesn't make me feel good, but I do it because it's something that I right? I'm used to letting myself down by procrastinating, right? Because I've never... Well, I don't, I'm, gonna, don't, I'm saying this in a dramatic way for, to, to make my point, but I've never shown up for myself. So how dare I show up for myself now? That's not the normal. How dare I succeed in this way? Let me get myself back to homeostasis by procrastinating and being anxious about it. Hmm. It's funny how, you're, how our brains do that to us, isn't it? And then self, uh, self-medicating for me is sugar. And then perfectionism, that is where in this career endeavor of mine, in this creativity endeavor of mine. It's like, well, I'm not good at it. So why should I even try? Mm -hmm. Because God forbid I get good at it, you know, because then I'll self-sabotage. Be like, well, I'm an imposter. Who's ever going to listen to me? Bitch, if you don't shut the hell up. That's how I talk to myself sometimes. (laughs) With love, of course. So yeah, so those are examples of self-sabotaging behavior. Um, It says self-sabotaging can lead to chronic struggles with food, liquor, drugs, gambling, and self-injury. This destructive behavior can also strip people of their motivation and make them anxious. Oh my God, duh. (laughs) What what makes me laugh is that with this upper limit problem in conjunction with the self-sabotaging problem, it's like you reach your upper limit and then you self-sabotage. Reaching your upper limit already makes you anxious. And what makes me laugh is that our idea of like, oh, let me fix this, is with self-sabotage, which just makes us more anxious. Uh, and people think that we're the superior uh, species. There's no way. We're idiots. <laughs> um, and then it goes on to say how to stop self-sabotaging. And here it gave four, um, four different things, and I, I conjoined them with the advice from The Big Leap, um, the book. It says to examine the root cause and or understand your underlying fears and beliefs. Number two, stop procrastinating and leaning on per- and leaning into perfectionism and let yourself be bad at things and or spot your upper limits in actions. Spot your, spot your upper limits in your daily actions. And then step three, take on a little picture mentality. Um, what's your next right step? And or this is also discovering your zone of genius. And by taking a little picture mentality, the article actually said, um, stop taking a big picture mentality or stop thinking in big pictures. But I don't like speaking in negative ways. So I always flip things around in their head because I feel like the things that you say, the words that you say, they make a difference. So by taking on a little picture mentality, like take it baby steps. 
little steps, little right steps at a time. And I say right steps, like not as in like correct or incorrect, but just what is the next step that makes the most sense for you that you can do incrementally, incrementally over time that will lead you to your successes? And this is also the act of discovering your zone of genius. Ask yourself those questions. Inquire within, right? Ask yourself better questions, right? Become aware of what you desire. Like what we did with the goal setting last week, right? That's also That could also be a part of that. And then step four, self-sabotaging takes effort. I, I wrote this. Um, so you might as well put that effort into something you actually want and or live in your zone of genius by creating strategies to keep you from continuing to self-sabotage. So whether you do self-sabotage or you don't self-sabotage, you're going to exert the effort in either direction. So would you rather exert energy in the direction of your downfall or in your hero journey? <laughs> you know, the choice is yours. So that is my section on self-sabotaging. I hope that that helped you. I want to make sure that I'm including not only discussion topics in these deep dives, but also solutions um, that I found that I think are helpful because I'm realizing I do a lot of talking and, and contemplating, but sometimes I don't offer solutions. And I feel like solutions are why you would tune into something. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, it's like the whole point. I'm supposed to share things that have helped me, not just thinking about thinking, even though I do enjoy that as well. So it's a little bit of everything, but let me just say, I'm like happy I showed up today. And before, I hope that you got something out of that, A. And B, I'm glad I showed up today to share it. Um, and C, I want to end this episode with our with some affirmations. So after thinking about self-sabotage and thinking about all the ways in which I do it, and honestly, I got a. I feel like this is my own personal therapy session because I did come to a lot of clarity. Clarity, just doing this episode as to how and why I'm progress. I'm I'm self sabotaging myself. Like I think of I'm gotten pretty clear, and like it is because of my career. Yeah. So all that being said, um, I wrote some affirmations that just make me that I think make me feel better and as I say them to me in first person I encourage you to listen to them and take them in in first person for yourself if they if they resonate if they don't that's okay you can make up your own these are just the ones that that felt right to me so I'm gonna take a deep breath I can do hard things I love living a life in my zone of genius. I love my unique abilities. I am a creative person. I love bringing my ideas to life. I love the way I show up for myself, even when I don't feel like it. I love how I listen to myself and continue to get to know me with an insatiable curiosity. I love my life and how I continue to create it every day. I honor my sadness and my happiness. I choose to dismantle my upper limit and let it in all and let in all the abundance in the universe that is for me. I no longer get in my own way of success and happiness. I honor my journey and the path I'm on. And I don't know why I just feel like I should say amen sister. Amen. 
So those are my affirmations for this week. That's the di- the deep dive was on self sabotage and how to stop doing it. Like Jesus Christ, like. I told my friend the other day, it's like the only way change happens, like you only really make change when you, when you finally get tired of your own shit. Right. And for me, that's self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is me creating my own shit and I'm tired of it because it's been the same dog and pony show, the same dance since I was a kid. And I've had the awareness of my self-sabotage for several years at this point. And though I've made progress, I'm like, okay, like it's time. Like, like, it's it's time. What are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, come on. And even though it doesn't happen overnight, like, I am dedicated to consistently bringing it to the forefront, like, an annoying secretary, like, hey, hey, you know you eat sugar. You know you eat sugar. You're going to keep eating sugar? You're going to keep eating? And eventually, I'm just going to stop eating it just while so stop fucking annoying myself. <laughs> and so maybe that works for you, too. So all that being said, this has been another episode of Perfection Unfolding with me, Akira G. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, where are we at time-wise? Okay, now we're 20. Oh, well, they're getting longer and longer, my guys. You're squeezing all the juice out of me. You really are. And even though today I didn't know where the juice was going to come from, it came. Uh, yep, I said that. And so if you like the show, please give us a five-star review on Spotify. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys listen on Apple Podcasts, that will bump me up in the um, the viewing. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts and you want to start listening on Apple Podcasts and rating and reviewing, that would be helpful. Um, you can follow the show at Perfection Unfolding Pod on YouTube and on Instagram. I think it's actually Perfection Unfolding Podcast with care or perfection unfolding with Kara G on YouTube. Um, last week I couldn't post clips because the software I used to post it said anything over two hours cannot be uploaded. And so I was like, damn, but you can follow me at Kara G Campbell on Instagram, or, um, you can look me up online. I am a certified health coach at Kara G If you are interested in my services, check it out or photography. I'm I'm open to photography. I'm located in California right now, but at carriagecampbell.com, uh, Um, Yeah, and guys, please, please, please email me at uh, perfectionunfoldingpod at gmail.com. Email me questions, comments, concerns. If you have a story you'd like to share, if you need advice, if you are looking for relationship advice or life advice, or just have something, some good news you want to share of how you are dealing with and or experiencing your healing journey maybe it's a breakup maybe it's a success maybe you want some coaching like let's do some on on the air like i know you guys are listening um don't be scared i am very much so an approachable reachable person um everything i've ever done is on the internet so there's that but yeah uh, perfection unfolding pod at gmail.com i would love to hear from you guys let me know that i'm not just speaking into a void just hit me with the you're doing great. Words of affirmations is my love language. So I'll take anything I can get. That being said, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Perfection of Folding with Kara G and I will see you next Tuesday. Okay. Bye.